Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Erica. Hey, girl. Hey. What's good? What's popping? What's happening? How you feeling? You know what? Um, as an adult, I'm tired more than like I should be. Um, but we're one day closer to the weekend. So I feel like I need one of those weekends where I don't do nothing. I don't respond to nobody. I don't pay nobody bills. I don't do nothing. I'm just laying in bed doing absolutely not a damn thing. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. What about you? How you doing? Well, first off, I can relate to that because I feel like every month, everybody needs at least one day or one weekend where they just don't do anything and they're not bothered. I feel like that is very essentially healthy for your mental and emotional health. Um, yeah. I'm doing really good. Your girl is tired. Um, your girl has been interviewing like a mad woman, like girl, like a mad woman on steroids or crack. I'm not even joking. Um, <laughs> but I finally have some good news. Your girl finally uh, landed a new job. So I'm super, super excited about that. Woo-hoo! Excited to start a new opportunity. A little anxious, but I really believe that like God wouldn't like allow you to get an opportunity if you weren't equipped to do it. So I'm, I'm a little nervous, but I'm really excited. So that's where I am. <laughs> That is awesome. And cheers to that, friend. I've already congratulated you, but I'm going to congratulate you again. I'm going to cheers with my water because tonight I ain't got the wine. I'm just going to have to re-up some other time. But cheers to that. I got enough wine for you myself, girl, because I have this little margarita because I have earned it. Yes. Okay, friend. So before we get into today's episode, you know, I got to ask you... What I gotta ask you the question of the day. Are you ready? Sure, let's hear it. Okay, so if you had to describe yourself in three words, what would they be? I actually hate this question because I don't like to talk about myself like that, but um, it's like it's one of them icebreaker questions you do at work or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I just wanted people to get awkward on those icebreaker questions, anyway. So, the first word I would say is creative. I love the arts. I love anything creativity. The second one, I would say intuitive. I just be knowing before I be knowing. Like mm-hmm. I be right knowing. <laughs> and then third one, I would say um, resilient because I have been through some things that people would never even guess. So, um, and as my aunt would say, you can't keep a good woman down. So yeah, I would say those three things: uh, resilient, creative, and intuitive. Yeah. What about you? I- I think those describe you really well, friend. I approve that message. <laughs> um, I would say for me, one talkative. Two, I would say that I'm very loving. And then three, very ambitious. I feel like those are three things that really describe me and that I, I don't know, and that I'm happy about that I feel like are really good indications of just who I am or like a little bit of glimpse into like how I am. 
Yes, I would definitely agree with all three of those. Um, and one thing that's going to make you talkative on this episode is the first segment. I got some stuff for you to talk about. Okay, so let's jump into our dating and relationships segment. So I stole this from the shade room um, because there was this post on their Instagram that said men only um, give brutal relationship advice. And so before I ask you, you know, what is the best relationship advice you've received, Shelby? I'm going to read some of the comments from the shade room and you just tell me what you think. Okay, here we go. So the first comment is, this guy says, the easiest way to get a guy under your palm is to act and make him feel like a man, not by arguing, nagging, or challenging him. There's ways to get a man to obsess with you, and it's simple as being feminine. Women who know and understand the game know exactly what I'm talking about. Next one says, don't love me, just be loyal and respectful. You are free to take my heart. Another guy says, when he shows you who he is the first time, believe him. He also says, potential, take a whole man or no man at all. Um, this other guy says, how he treats marginalized people is a good indicator of how he'll treat you. Um, never settle. What you want does exist. Um, it, should be his, it should be his God, you, then everyone else. Another guy says, don't take relationship advice from your single friends. (laughs) Another guy says, a man who truly loves you will not embarrass you in any way. You don't have to go through hell to be loved. Mm. Another guy says, if he's not invested in you, your mental health, happiness, pushing you to grow um, both in business, he's not the one for you. Another guy says, generosity is not always kindness or a sign of caring. Many men will give you money and still ruin your life. Mm. Another guy says, pointing out when your partner does something right is just as important as pointing out when they do something wrong. That I'm not praising anyone for doing the bare minimum attitude is nothing but your ego talking. Shut up and brag and praise them. Another guy says, men are very easy to please. Don't add stress or create drama. A lot of the time when when we say we're thinking about nothing, we literally mean nothing or nothing interesting or important. Communicate bluntly. Lots of men are basically, sorry, he said uh, men are basically autistic. Don't make ultimatums. Another guy says, love yourself more than you love him. So those are some of the comments um, regarding, you know, give brutal relationship advice. So Shelby, do you agree with these comments? And then also, uh, what's the best relationship advice you've received? Yeah, overall, surprisingly, I do agree with these comments. I think um, I've had several conversations like with homeboys or one of my homeboys in particular. And the thing about it is, is I think he tells me all the time that men are really simple, that women just complicate it. And I think he's very, and I think he's right, obviously, because he's a man and he knows how men think. I don't know. I'm a woman. But honestly, I do agree with most of these comments that men are saying. And I think that at the end of the day, you have to take it with a grain of salt and you have to take and use what you can use um, and discard the rest. Um, I think a lot of it just comes down to like, I do think that one of the things that I do think that you have to be very careful who you get relationship and dating advice from um, because all advice ain't good advice. And your homegirl or your homeboy or whoever will have you or your ain't them will have you single by yourself with no man and nothing. 
And so I feel like you have to take relationship advice with a grain of salt. And I think that you have to use what you can use and discard um, the rest. Um, I think when you're dating somebody, you told me this um, a long time ago, and I always remember it. You told me, you were like, when you go in your room by yourself and lay down and nobody's there, you know if a man is treating you right or not. And I think that's true. And I think a lot of times we make excuses for men and we make excuses for why they're not calling us, why they're not hitting us up and why they're not doing X, Y, Z. Since that's just because he doesn't want to and he doesn't like you. Like he doesn't, he's not taking you seriously. Like he's just stringing you along. And I think that we have to take, start taking men at face value and taking them at their actions. Let me put something in perspective. Uh, If he wanted to, he would. I went to my homegirl's wedding two years ago, right? So we're at the wedding. We having a good time. We turn it up. I'm at the bar because if you know me, your girl likes to have a good time. I'm a dance. I'm a drink. Whatever. We're going to have a good time. I'm at the bar minding my business. Took my cousin as my date. She's outside doing I don't know what, but she's outside. She went to her car. And this guy comes up to me and he starts talking to me. And we have this really lovely, respectful conversation. Y'all, I met this man on a Friday. We were on a date the next day by 3 p.m. So when I tell you if a man wanted to, he would. And I think that you have to, like I said, take men at their word. I think a lot of times that in general that we do forget that essentially, I feel like a lot of women, not like a lot of women don't do it, but I feel like a lot of people forget that like just how like we want to be taken care of and babied or, you know, caressed and loved on and told affirmations, like men are not going to say it, but they want to. Like when you, when it's just you and them, they want to be babied. They want <laughs> you to rub their head. They want you to just sing their praises. And I, you know what? Sometimes you just got to strike your mind's ego, you know, t- and do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. Um, so I would say the best dating advice I've got, um, I want to share two things. First, I want to share something from my mom. My mom told me, don't base my life off of a man when we're not married and we don't have a ring. And I have lived by that. And I'm so glad that I have. I've seen so many women conform to what their man wants to do and not end up with him. I've seen so many conform many women conform to what their man wants to do without regard to what they want and their dreams and their visions and you know it's still not work out I remember having knowing people and ex-friends that they went to college with their boyfriends and it didn't work out like they didn't do what they want to do and now they were stuck in a situation that was sucky because he decided he was ready to ball out and when I say that I mean like I think that obviously when you are getting to know someone and date them obviously get to know them obviously you know have open and honest conversations obviously see if y'all are on the same page and date and work toward being together but I'm saying that if you have certain dreams and visions and stuff definitely talk that off over with that person if that's what you want to do but like don't base your life off of something that you don't know if it's permanent yet and that man has committed to you I'm really of the belief until that man puts a ring on your finger and tells you we are together we're doing this thing called life sis please proceed as you want to proceed proceed with caution because I think that a lot of times women miss out on a lot of good opportunities because they put men above themselves and I think one of the young men you said said that you have to love yourself like when you love yourself and you put yourself first and you treat yourself first then you're already setting the tone for how a man is going to treat you you know what I mean like if you already know what love is if you already know what affection is I tell people all the time my family and my friends treat me top tier so when you come like when you come at me that's the bare minimum like my friends give me princess treatment so why why would I let why would I allow you to give me maid treatment I'm like my granny you must think I'm dumb and I'm not 
So that's the first person's advice that I've gotten. And then recently, my friend's mom gave me some dating advice. And some people may not like it, but I like it. Here we go. She told me, she was like, Shelby, and she's been married to her husband for over 30 years. She was like, Shelby, do not put all of your eggs in one basket. Put your eggs in different baskets. And <laughs> I thought that was such a cute way that she said that. And I think that's such good dating advice. And when I think that's such good dating advice because I personally think that it's okay to talk to multiple people at one time. Um, now, when I say talk to multiple people at one time, I don't mean that you're sexing all these people and you're having relations with these people. I mean, like, you're literally genuinely just getting to know someone. For me, when, like, anything sexual comes into the picture, I think that you should cut it off with other people. But I also think that this stage, since you don't have ties to anybody, you should really have open, honest, and transparent conversation. I think this is really good advice in my opinion, because I think a lot of times we think we know what we want and we really don't want. Because there have been times where I had, I've had everything that I wanted on paper, like the guy was just perfect to a T and then I got in front of that baby and he could not hold a sentence. He cannot hold a sentence for five or 10 minutes. And I'm trying not to be, I'm really not being funny. I'm being serious. But I think that, you know, putting your eggs in different baskets to the ability that you feel comfortable. I think when you do this, you have to be honest. You have to be open, honest, and transparent. You have to be open with yourself. You have to trust your intuition. And I think you have to show up as your authentic self. Because one thing that I've learned when I've done that is that you do process of elimination very quickly. Like men will X them ourselves out very quickly. I was talking to somebody one day, or I was reading an article or podcast, and they said, when you go on a date with somebody, if you will just shut up, a man will tell you everything that you want to hear. Not everything that you want to hear, but he'll tell you a lot more than you would get out of him than if you just sit there and you start talking. And so I tried the theory out a couple times. And, you know, I would talk and have conversations, but girl, I got so much information that I was like, and as somebody that's a talker, that was really hard for your girl to do. Mama, I joke with my mama all the time and I was like, I don't want my man to talk a lot because when am I going to talk? <laughs> like, if my man talks a lot, like, when am I going to get the opportunity to talk? Like, I could talk enough for both of us. It's fine. I can send your food back if you don't like it. It's fine. Like, that's going to be my job. But it's so true. And I think that when it comes to dating, I think that you just have to take advice with a grain of salt. But I think that, like, at the end of the day, like, you know, deep down, like, if a person is treating you right, and if they're not, and we just got to stop making excuses for sorry as men that ain't shit. That's what I think. <laughs> sorry. Um, that your question? Sorry. <laughs> I think so. I do want to comment on the eggs in one basket, but I'll do that after I actually answer the question. Uh, so don't let me forget. So, um... I would, in regards to the comments, um, I do agree with some of them. I just feel like recently everyone is all of a sudden a relationship guru on social media. Everyone is all of a sudden a relationship expert with all of these new rules and regulations on dating, right. like do this, don't do that. If he's doing this, if she doing that, like when you really actually get out there for yourself right. <laughs> and create own experience based off of your own you know standards or whatever and whatever lessons you learn from your own experience that should set the tone going forward for your life so for me yeah there's obvious things about relationship advice that makes sense but in terms of like our society today to me it just creates like so much chaos and confusion when we mm -hmm. just social media and everybody got the you know best advice and it's like okay well you gotta figure that out for yourself 
and not just be like, oh, well, somebody said this on Instagram. So if you're not, you know, paying this and doing that, then you ain't it. Like you got to right. figure that out. So don't base it on what society tells you you should do or look for in a partner or not. Like it's just based on your own experience in your own life. So that's what I would say about that. Um, and then the best relationship advice, I'll be honest with you, it's, I'm going to share two things from my mom, but other than my mom, I usually get um, my advice from like sermons that I watch when they talk about relationships because it's Mm -hmm. based, that's how I want to base like my future relationship on is like what brings uh, like God glory and and things like that. Not just like, oh, well, I'm going to do this because social media said it. Anyway, so um, one of the things... uh, that my mom said is don't ignore the red flags. I mean, that's mm-hmm. obvious, but mm-hmm. she was basically saying, don't ignore the red flags because whatever you look overlook in the beginning, it will just be magnified later. Yeah. Um, so she was like, especially in marriage, she was like, marriage does not eliminate, it illuminates. Okay. Mm-hmm. So basically you think that, you know, oh, whatever he's showing you in the dating phase, oh, that I, I can deal with that, whatever. Well, that's not going to go away when you all of a sudden get married to him. So that's what my mom um, would say. But she also said, like, in terms of, like, getting to know someone and dating them, she said, set your boundaries ahead of time. Like, decide what you're going to do before you head out the door. You know, so you ain't out there getting a little tipsy off the wine and then you end up in bed with the man and you ain't planning to do that type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, talk to your set boundaries ahead of time and she was like that should be helpful when you you know going out on your first couple of dates with this person um so those are the two main things um the thing that you mentioned Shelby about um when you at home sitting by yourself you know if you're being treated right or wrong um that came from my mom too (laughs) so I talk to her all the time about you know my uh relationship stuff but also wanted to comment on what you said about the eggs in one don't put all your eggs in one basket. So um, I also had one of my friends send me something from social media that was saying like, you know, women are the prize and you should have different men um, on this race to get you or something like that. And basically what I got from it was like, don't put all your eggs in one basket with one man. And whoever wants to step up is going to do that um, versus relying on this one person. So For me, I've never been good at having different eggs and different baskets because I don't even do that with normal relationships, like normal friendships. Like I don't have a whole bunch of friends and I do that on purpose. Like I have my select few. And um, so the same thing, I'm like a one relationship type of person. I I just need, I know for me, I would need to work on um, trying to talk to different people at the same time, but I just don't have the energy. You really do have to watch who you, you know, allowing your energy and your time and your space and who you connect to. That's another thing. So it is challenging because for me, I'm just not that person. Like I just, I don't care to have a whole bunch of people that I'm talking to. I do know some people that their line is never dry. Like it don't even matter if they not interested in that man, he going to hit them up and that like boost their ego in some type of way. I'm not that person. I'd rather have a dry phone than having like conversations with men that ain't nobody stepping up. You know what I mean? So just wanted to comment on that. <clears throat> yeah. And I can agree with that. And I do want to just like further clarify, like how I see that. So like, um, in regards to what your friends did you, so I don't feel like when you have for me, when I had, if I have eggs in different baskets, 
that means that I'm making these men compete. Like, no, I don't have time for that. That's very, that's just not my personality. But for me, it's really just having like genuine conversations with them and getting to know them. And a lot of times when I have these conversations, I let men lead these conversations because I'm genuinely interested to see like how could they potentially lead because for me if you can't hold a conversation or you're not showing initiative then that's a red flag for me but that's me also you know initiating conversation also but also just seeing how they you know respond to different questions and stuff and I find that when I do that like a lot of times for me personally like if I have my eggs in different baskets at one time like it fizzles out with people very quickly because I really always pray to God for a heart of discernment. And for me, I feel like when I'm having certain conversations and certain replies and certain reactions, you know what I mean? It can tell me very quickly, oh, you playing and you're not. And so for me, it's not about having men compete for my affection because that's not my personality. But for me, it's really just seeing like, the types of conversations and what they're on and what they're needing. Now, I understanding know that a man can tell you a fairy tale because he has shown his representative in the beginning. But um, like I said, like anybody that I encounter or I give my time and my energy to, because I genuinely don't do that a lot. Like I pray and I have discernment about it. And I find that for me, um, men will weed themselves out very quickly and they don't even know it. <laughs> like things that would impress other women, or things that they would say to other women don't really impress me like that because I'm looking and needing and praying and believing for something very specific. And for me, I've learned to take what someone says and does in their actions like at their words. And so like I said, for me, they usually weed themselves out very quickly and it's not like a juggling act for me, if that makes sense. But um, when my friend's mom gave me the advice, like I understood what she was saying in that moment was just to be open and available to what God has for me because sometimes we can put all our energy on one person and we think that's that person and that person is an asshole he's a <laughs> certified asshole <laughs> um but yeah that's just what I wanted to add and clarify for me about that yes I think that is great uh advice and I and like I was saying before just I feel like we just got to do what works best for you in your life. And like you right. said at the very beginning, shall we just take it as a grain of salt? Like everybody thinks they know everything about relationships. It's not easy. It's a lot it's of chaos and confusion for us to have to weed through. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, let's keep it moving to the journey segment. So this is when Shelby and I will discuss how um, our experience has been with building our brand, all things melanin. So the topic today is building our brand from the ground up. So Shelby, so building um, our brand from the ground up can be overwhelming. And most say they just don't know where to start when they're building. So let's give some helpful tips on how to actually get started. And let's share some of our first steps that we did when getting started with building All Things Melanie. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of I think a lot of it starts with doing a lot of initial research and getting very clear on your why and your mission statement and your purpose. I think so many times like when we have an idea or we're ready to start somewhere, like we just want to like launch the idea and we see other people being successful. But I think it's really important before you start something that you do the groundwork and I think a lot of that 
equates to doing like a lot of research. So doing research on people who are doing well in the industry or business you want to be in, um, researching on YouTube, looking at TikTok, Pinterest, doing a general Google search, um, looking into organizations of like-minded people, seeing if you can potentially get a mentor and kind of, you know, like being of service to them in exchange for, you know, you know, getting some more information, um, reading, finding relevant podcasts. And so I think for me, or from what I can remember when we started five years ago, Erica and I did like a lot of research. Like we, we looked in the industry and we saw what people were doing around empowering and motivating women of color. And so for us, we saw a need for people that were actually sharing like the ups and downs. We felt like people were, for example, we felt like people were always sharing like the finished result. But it, we didn't feel like people were sharing like the nitty gritty. And so Erica and I did like tons and tons and tons and tons of research. And then based off that research, we came back to the table and we discussed and dissected our research. And we we discussed and dissected our research. And I remember this. We were sitting on the couch in the theater room with all these papers like everywhere. And so after the research and after discussing what we found, we really went in there and we saw like what was going to be our differentiating factor, like what was going to set us apart, like why did the market need another blog or why did the market need another podcast? And we came to the conclusion that like there needed to be more multidimensional, multidimensional women who were figuring out and being open and honest and transparent about when they were getting it right, when they were getting it wrong, when we felt good and when we felt bad. And so I think the first thing that you need to do before you start anything is to do a lot of research. And then based on your research, create a plan that supports the data. And from there, you can create a plan, you know, to get launched and live and organize your business. But I feel like you have to prepare. And I feel like the best way to prepare um, is to do your research. There are so many um, just different resources out there. And so I would encourage you to research, research, and research. And I find that when you research, you'll be able to find what your differentiating factor is, what sets you apart, and all of that good stuff. So that's what I would say. What about you, friend? Yes, of course, I would say the same thing. I actually had research as one of my uh, bullet points. So we're going to move on to my other bullet point. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so when you're talking about how we were just writing down a whole bunch of ideas, um, I would definitely agree with that, obviously, by just writing down what your current vision is for whatever you're building, whether it's just scrambled up notes and your ideas are just all over the place. Get them, do it like a brain dump. Just write every single thing down. Um, so that way, when you go back, it's kind of could be like a process of elimination and be like, OK, well, I'm not going to do that or this makes more sense and things like that. Just write every single thing down. Um, and then also what's so important is just literally start putting your ideas out there, making your presence known. Um, social media can be a great tool for that. And, and not only that, marketing yourself is so important. So don't feel like you have to have everything figured out before you start because you will not have everything figured out before you start. And even when you start in one direction, you may end up going a different direction or finding a different niche. So just do that first step by putting your ideas out there, letting your presence be known and staying consistent 
with posting your stuff. That is key. Like, I don't care if you put something out there and you get two likes, keep putting it out there because people are going to start noticing it. And um, like I said, just figure out how you want to market yourself. Because even if you don't have everything together behind the scenes, at least start with that by putting your stuff out there. And then the other thing I would say is um, what Shelby and I do uh, that lasted us these last five years was just having quarterly goals and setting the dates and sticking to those dates as much as possible and crushing those goals. It doesn't have to be 20 goals on your list. It can literally be three, but make sure that you are preparing yourself to keep the momentum going by writing your goals down, writing the vision down, putting your ideas out there and research. So that's what I would add um, to that advice. All right, so let's keep it moving to our mentor moment segment. Uh, this is when Shelby and I will read a listener's letter that we received and give our advice on it. So the letter reads, hi, Shelby and Erica, I need your thoughts on this. I recently moved from Atlanta to Los Angeles in hopes of pursuing my film producing slash acting career. Most would say Atlanta is now the Black Hollywood, but I have not had any luck there. But now that I've moved, I feel like I made the wrong decision because things are not turning out the way that I hoped for. And I have been here for almost three years. My family back in Atlanta wants me to move back, but I'm not sure what to do. If you were me, would you stay in LA or move back home? You go first, Bryn. Um... I don't know. Don't let me ruin your life. <laughs> but um, this kind of reminds me of what I was, what we were kind of just talking about in the journey segment, because um, first of all, I think it was a huge step of faith to even move from like where your family is all the way to the other side of the country to California. Um, but I would not let the three years of I guess, not being where you thought you were going to be disappoint you because what Shelby and I know we've been building this thing for years and it's not no cakewalk, you know, like don't let, I feel like our society is just, we want everything so quickly um, and we want everything so fast. And if we don't see quick results, we quit or we on to the next thing. So I would say, don't give up. I would say if you maybe feel a little homesick or you miss your family or something, maybe go back to Atlanta for a couple of days or maybe a week or so and then go back and give yourself um a roadmap or a game plan like you like say you'll give yourself two more years in LA and write down what your game plan is but um so I would just suggest maybe fly back home for a visit but I would not suggest pack up all your stuff and go back to Atlanta because you ain't seen nothing happen um Hollywood is such a competitive place so you never know when your big break will be and just kind of like we mentioned in our um, journey segment keep putting your stuff out there on social media or whatever tool that you're using keep putting content out there keep pushing that forward um, before you actually make a move because you don't want to just be all over the place and oh it ain't working here so I'm moving or I ain't working here so I'm like don't do that so I just say uh, create a roadmap um, before you actually move. And if you do at the end of those two years, like, you know what, I'm solid. I need to move back to Atlanta. Make sure you land a job there first before you do that. Um, don't give up on your dream or the first plan that you had when you originally moved from um, Atlanta to LA, just because it didn't work out how you imagined. So I would just say, give it some time, 
<laughs> make a roadmap. And if you absolutely need to move back to Atlanta, make sure you have a job there first before you just up and uproot your life again. So that's what I would say. What would you say, Shelby? Yeah, I agree with everything that you said. I really don't have that much to add. Believe it or not, my little talkative self. Um, but one thing that I just want to say is I think that one thing that I heard a couple years ago, and I keep it in the back of my mind, is that it takes 10 years to become an overnight celebrity. And I think back to when I was reading Kevin Hart's um, biography about his life or autobiography about his life. And I remember just seeing Kevin Hart like, you know, just pop up, right? And just beat a man and being all of these things. But when I was reading his autobiography, like he literally went back in detail, like how long it took him to get where he is. And it took him 10 plus years, like 10 to 15 years to get where he was. Um, and he, you know, he had some wins, he had some losses. And I don't say that to discourage you, but I say that to say that like, to Erica's point, like a lot of times when we have a dream, we want our dream to be microwavable, which means we want to put it in the microwave for 15 seconds and then boom, be that girl or that dude or whatever when the timer goes off. And so I would just encourage you to just think deep down, like about your purpose and what you want to do. Go back and remember your why. Go back and remember why you're doing this. And like Erica said, just keep making moves to doing what you want to do. Um, because it may not happen when you want it to, but if God has put something on your heart to do and you know what your purpose is, then I genuinely do believe that it will come to fruition. I think that you just need to, you know, continue to put your head down and do the work. And then in a couple of years, if like Erica said, in two years, if you feel it to move back to Atlanta, you know, make sure you have a game plan in place to do that. Um, so that's what I would say. Just, I had to piggyback off Erica on that one. Um, so if you have a question out there that you want us to answer or give our advice on, send us an email to allthingsmelanintv at gmail.com or slide in our DMs on IG at allthingsmelanin underscore underscore. So we're going to go ahead and give words of encouragement coming from Psalms 105, and then we're going to pray a song out of here. So um, Psalms 105, 4 through 5, this is the Amplified version for all my saints. Um, so <laughs> seek and deeply long for the Lord and his strength, his power, his might. Seeply, seek and deeply long for his face and his presence continually. Remember with awe and gratitude the wonderful things which he has done, his amazing deeds and the judgments uttered by his mouth. So this Bible verse um, really speaks to me just because a lot of the times I've been so distracted these past couple of weeks and felt like I'm not hearing from God. I'm not, I'm like tired, I'm weary, like I'm not understanding what's going on. And it's really because I've gotten away from his presence. So when you just mm -hmm. sit there, whatever that takes for you, whether it takes you to sit in silence, for me, it's sitting in silence or sitting in worship, just playing my music. Just trying to eliminate all distractions that's been kind of keeping me um, in chaos or confusion. Um, just and just being in awe of God and just remembering that, like the like this morning, I was like, Erica, you are still living out your blessings that He is giving you from like five, six years ago. So you need mm. to be grateful. If he don't never do nothing else for you, he don't have mm. to, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. So just remembering this and and just. Um, it's encouraging for me to 
know that when I seek him and I'm trying to actually be in his presence, it it's like a weight lifted off my shoulders. What does this mean uh, to you, Shelby? I love that, friend. I think that's amazing. Uh, when you were reading this Bible verse and I was reading over it before we started re- recording, um, it really reminded me of how important it is to have a relationship with God, like a genuine relationship with God, like not a relationship on behalf of your granny, like not your granny having the relationship on your behalf, not your mama them or your auntie them or all of that. But like, it reminds me of having a genuine relationship with God. And I think the way that you have a genuine relationship with God is to be in tune with him. And the way to be in tune with God is to seek him, spend time with him, spend time in meditation, spend time in his word you know just give all your worries your burdens and all of those amazing things to him and so I feel like when you're able to for me in my experience when I have just genuinely spent time with God and I've been in his presence it has really helped me to see just how good God has been and I think that sometimes and I'm talking about myself like I say all the time I genuinely am I think that sometimes we get mad at God because he didn't do what we thought he should do. Um, But he never said that he was going to do that. Like you said that. And I think that I've had to learn, particularly in this season, that my plans are not God's plans. Like God's plans are God's plans. My plans are my plans. But I do believe that you can be more in tune with God if you spend time with God. I feel like if you, and I feel like the way to do that is to just operating gratitude as somebody who has had a lot going on the last few months I realized that I was not operating gratitude so when I say that I mean that I just wasn't even grateful or thankful for the way that God has taken care of me I wasn't even grateful and thankful for the answered prayers that I had previously And I realized that I was operating in such a negative space. I wasn't spending time with God. And your girl was really negative Nancy. And so I got to this point where I was like, girl, we're going to have to do something. Like, we're going to have to switch it, change it, rearrange it. Like, we're going to have to get it together. And so I, so in that moment, I realized, okay, like, Shelby, like, you're not the best version of you. And I kid you not, when I literally got very serious about being deeper in relationship with God and operate in in gratitude, I feel like that's when God really opened up his blessings and was like, okay, you got it. You my girl. Now let me let those blessings overflow. And so like I said, I just really encourage you to take some time and a lot some time every single day to operate in gratitude, but also to spend time with God. Okay, well, if there's nothing else, I'll pray us on out. Close your eyes, bow your head. If you're driving, don't do that. Um, Just, you know, sway with the Holy Spirit. Here we go. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we come to you as humble as we know how. First and foremost, not to ask you for anything, but to thank you for everything. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for each and every person that has assembled to listen to this podcast. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know what they're enduring. We don't know what was on their plate, Lord Jesus, but we know that you do. 
We know that, Lord Jesus, you are a God that can make a way out of no way. You're a God, Lord Jesus, who can perform miracles. So I pray that whoever is listening to this podcast is encouraged. I pray that they feel motivated and inspired, and I pray that they know that they matter and that they are loved. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would make a way out of no way for them. I pray that you would cover them. I pray that you would keep them. I pray that you would protect them. I pray that you would go before them. Lord Jesus, Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy, Lord Jesus. I pray that everybody assembled listening to this podcast can, you know, take some time to really spend time with you, to get to know you, to be in your presence. I pray, Lord, that they can operate in gratitude and thank you for your goodness. I pray, Lord Jesus, that they can thank you in advance for what you're going to do, Lord Jesus, because you're a good God. You're a gracious God. You're a faithful God, Lord Jesus. And I pray that everybody assembled feels encouraged and loved because they do matter. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.